Hey, Kayla. Hello, Miss Megan. Uh, hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm very excited for today because this is the first me too, me guest too, me too. that I don't actually know. How honored I feel. <laughs> but I do. Yeah. Yes, usually we get friends and family, but today I'm getting a coworker yeah. who's also a very good friend. We got both. Coming. Yeah, this is like... <laughs> Huge step, <laughs> huge step for the Human Design in Real Time podcast. Somebody who Kayla doesn't already know. So I'm very excited. Somebody who listened to an episode and was like, this is cool. I want to know more about human design. And I peppered with a bunch of questions and made him pull up his human design and made him join the podcast. <laughs> so it was mostly Pretty me accurate. being me. And maybe me being me <laughs> as well. <laughs> You oh, know, that sounds a little that. bit like Megan using the motor to her throat to accomplish things. What? Oh. Human design enters the studio <laughs> right away. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Hi, I'm Kayla Mason. And I'm Megan Smith. And this is Human, Human design, design in Real Time. time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care, and as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. All right. So today we have my very good friend and coworker Daniel Steinbrecker with us. Daniel has been a recruiter uh, with me at Green Mountain for four years yeah. now. Yeah. Um, he's also a competitive chess player mm -hmm. and a world traveler. Uh, he's also done film and uh, a little bit of TV. Um, and I can proudly say that I have helped Daniel get his first full-time job out of college. Mm -hmm. I was very, very proud of that one. Um, he's excellent to work with and a, and a very good friend. So I'm happy to have Daniel here today. Well, I'm so happy to be here. What a wonderful introduction, Megan. You, uh, you remember more things about I me than I remember about myself. <laughs> I, I doubt that because you do have a defined mind, so I feel like you would remember more Perhaps. of those things. Perhaps. Hey. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You guys are uh -huh. getting me with this. See, I'm uh -huh. learning stuff too. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> oh, man. That was such an amazing introduction, Megan. I feel like I, I, there well, are so many too. things that I didn't know about Daniel and that I didn't even know that you had helped him with all of these things. That's such, I love your relationship already. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. So I met Daniel at a job fair when I was recruiting in Binghamton, New York, and he was finishing up college there. And I hired him to be a salesperson for Green Mountain. Um, and then a recruiting position became available. He interviewed and blew me away. And I said, yeah, yeah, I could work with this guy. Uh, and we had a very excellent trip across mm -hmm. New York and Massachusetts, uh, where we sat in the car together for like three, four hours. Like our and, first uh, week of working together, it was just like throw oh into being thrown into the we car bonded. with your boss and <laughs> figure out yeah. life oh and my work God. aren't those yeah. the best 
Aren't those the best yeah. when like all of a sudden you are forced into a situation where your boss becomes your mm-hmm. peer and it's like, oh, wait, not only are we both humans, but I kind of <laughs> like you. You're kind of cool. And I think it would be totally fine to talk to you and be your exactly friend. like what a yeah. cool, yeah. you know? Yeah, I love that. Totally. It's a rare thing. I think we have at Green Mountain. Well, yeah. Yeah, I like a lot of my coworkers mm-hmm. at Green Mountain. I can't say that for my other jobs <laughs> throughout the years. Same. Um, Same. <laughs> but yeah, so Daniel is on the podcast today, um, partially because he doesn't know a, a whole lot about his human design and partially because he's a skeptic. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll break the ice with that too. You know, I'm definitely interested to learn more about some of the reasoning behind these personality traits and so on. But I have always found anything that's based around astrology, star maps, and so on, of how much is this solar intergalactic energy really affecting who I am as an individual? Not to take away the merits of some of the, you know, personality traits that are in here and how you can really like learn things through that. But how is it that they know that this is my human design chart just based off when and where I was born? I guess that would be the, the basis of my skepticism. Mm. But I'm still open to the ideas, as I think it's clear through that as well. Too. <laughs> and that's why well, you're here. And yeah, that's why the you're fact here. that you are here is proof mm-hmm. that you are interested in finding answers. Um, and I think if if you, I I would I kind of want to jump right in here because one of the very first things that I noticed about your chart, and it's mm-hmm. so funny because we when we dive into these and we have like a preconceived idea of what of what is going to happen in a podcast, for instance. I was told I'm going to do a podcast with Megan's coworker. He is a skeptic. Uh So I look (laughs) at this chart and the very first thing that I noticed is that your, what we call your conscious sun gate. Mm -hmm. So this is a, something that is a conscious trait for you. And it is something that uh, is in your sun. So if we're looking at astrology, Mm -hmm. it's your sun sign is gate four, which comes out of the mind and is the gate of answers. People who have gate four are people who are constantly searching for answers, constantly want to know more. They want to understand. They want to know how, why, what Mm -hmm. are the things? How can I get my mind around this better? Um, And then when I looked at the rest of your incarnation cross, you have two other gates that are also within the mind-throat connection. So this concept of wanting to not only understand and find the answers behind, but to be able to express those things in a way that's actually going to be heard is extremely, that is like the core of who you are. So the idea of being skeptical Mm -hmm. about something that you don't yet understand enough to explain is super aligned for you. So I looked Mm -hmm. at this and was like, (laughs) I love that this person is showing up here. I love that this is why they're showing up. (laughs) That felt like a very accurate uh, breakdown of kind of my thought process in life of always wanting to know why. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I will start Mm -hmm. this by saying that the last uh, podcast that we edited, I believe it was Megan's husband, said, Kayla, get out of my soul. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I very much hope that we get yeah. to have that kind of experience here. Um, but to kind of answer the your initial mm-hmm. skepticism of how can this all affect us? I think the place that I always go back to is that the waves in the ocean are waving. Mm-hmm. We have waves in the ocean because of the gravitational pull of the moon. It's this concept that because there is a gravitational pull pulling at the earth at the same time mm-hmm. that the earth is pulling at everything around it, our ocean creates waves. Now, our bodies are made 70% of water that is literally the same, if not very similar uh, mineral content to ocean water. So we, in essence, are 70% water. And if the water of the ocean is being controlled Mm -hmm. so obviously on this grand scale by the moon, then who is to say that our bodies are not also having some connection to that gravitational pull? And if we look Mm -hmm. at that, how is it that the moon is the only celestial body that is affecting us and the earth. So I think that's kind of the core point where science and astrology meet. Um, Because you are dealing with these, with the way that space is. Gravity is the thing that Mm -hmm. is keeping space in line. That's what we know about, uh, what we know about, what is it, astronomy? Yeah. Yeah. So astronomy (laughs) and astrology. I guess, I guess that's why they're similarly yeah. named here. Um, yeah. But we know that astronomy is a science mm-hmm. that we've been able to kind of find information from our standpoint, which is the Earth. And because we can acknowledge the, the way that each of these different planets kind of affects Earth, I feel like that is, you know, you get into the nanos of it and the smaller and smaller, it must affect humans if at, you know, a different a different rate. So that's kind of the beginning of uh-huh. astrology meets science. Yeah, I can I can kind of get down with that breakdown there and I think definitely when you look at the macro scale of anything you start to realize how much it reflects the micro of something else too. Um so I I'm on board with that rationality. I guess then the next logical step for me is like, sure, my body's made mostly of water. That is the one example, the waves being the one example of these forces affecting. Mm -hmm. But how necessarily is that going to, you know, the way that water oscillates in my body going to change the way that I think about, you know, new ideas or approach relationships and so on? Where's the connection Mm -hmm. from there to there, perhaps? Yeah. So I think that this is kind of the chicken or the egg question Mm -hmm. because so I'm going to tell you a story right now that might give you total pause and say (laughs) human design is total bullshit. Great. I'm ready. Just letting you know. (laughs) Ready. So I I had the same thought. (laughs) So human design is actually a combination of a bunch of different ancient systems and modern science. Mm-hmm. So you have the I Ching in there, the Kabbalah, um, the chakra system, the astrology, of course. Um, and then you have quantum physics, you have genetics, you have the gene keys, which mm-hmm. is another sector of spiritual 
understanding. So all of these things come into play to create human design. So it's not just one thing, but we do use the birth time as the kind of like the core space. Mm -hmm. But the place where this whole thing came from, it was not someone who sat down and was like, I'm going to take all of these things and logically put them together. Mm -hmm. This man, his name was Alan Krakauer. He was a skeptic, probably not (laughs) unlike yourself. Uh, And he decided that he was sick of the modern world. He didn't want to be surrounded by televisions anymore. This was in 1987, Mm -hmm. so not too long ago. He decided to go off grid and he got a cabin out in the middle of Ibiza, an island off the coast of Spain. He was Mm -hmm. just, just him and his dog, no electricity, nothing. He wanted no contact with any other humans. And he was out there for a few months and then... One day, he is on his way back to his cabin, and there's a light on. And he's looking at this like, okay, I didn't leave a gas lamp burning, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I've been gone all day long. And he walks in with his dog, and sitting there are all of his spirit guides. And they say to him, get to work. And he sits down, and he starts writing. And the story goes that he wrote for eight days and eight nights. This kind of experience is what in the spiritual community we call a divine download. He then, from that point forward, became known as Ra Uruhu, and he started to teach human design. So he wrote out this entire system that comprised all of these different things that have now been brought into the collective consciousness and created a essentially a map to really help us understand the intricacies of how we show up and the ways that we are going to best be able to use the energy that we create as individuals. So that being said, so this divine download, it makes me think about how every single one of these other things may have come to people. Astrology has been around for millennia. Where did it come from? Who said that astrology was going to help anybody or work? And yet we've been using it as science when it first started. We've been using it for millennia. Where did it come from? Maybe it was a divine download. Even when we look at things like religion and we look at the people who wrote the book, the people who were the prophets, all of these different things, what, like, where does this information come from? And I think that is kind of the core of how I feel about human design. It's not necessarily about where it came from so much as it is about how it can help an individual to figure out who they are and how they feel in their current world. Because for me, it doesn't matter unless it helps somebody. And if knowing human design can help someone to understand how to you know, be kinder to themselves, to see the world from a perspective of, wow, this is happening for me, not I am the victim of the things that are happening in my life, then that to me is success. So I think that's where I come with human design is that I, I very, I very much do not, do not look Mm -hmm. at the, how does it know me? It's, can it help me? Okay. 
Daniel, what is your your thought on all of that? Because that's that's a lot of information to take in on. What <laughs> yeah, kind of no, I feel is. like I just got the, <laughs> and where got the whole origin from. story here too. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot to process, I guess. Um, I like the idea of not really caring so much about the why it works and more so focusing on like how can we make it work for us i can get on board with that very easily um i guess i'm always just curious about how things why things work the way they do and how is it that we were able to combine um you know these different spiritual ideas whether it be chakra and uh, astrology and I know you mentioned two others. There's the Chinese one and the yeah. Judaic one too. So interesting to see how someone is able to take and parse through all that information and filter it down to a, a new system that also somehow incorporates science in it as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. Have you, Daniel, have you had any connection to any of those previous um, spiritual systems? No, no yeah. particular connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think astrology is something that in today's modern world, too, it's very much a part of pop culture, even, and is mentioned and uh, debated about and joked at and so on. And I think that that's most of my experience, I would say, with this. But in general, too, and I, I think even Megan, me and you have had conversations in the past about like spiritual ideas that go beyond just, you know, any particular religion or way of thought and more just that type of sense of self of looking inward and understanding, you know, who, who we are as humans and what are our purposes at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that human design definitely mm -hmm. offers um is that something that you get is that something you're picking up from you know what yeah so far it definitely does seem like a like an interesting blueprint for you know your personality your relationships how you want to think of it like that but I'm still very new to it and learning as well. So I'm sure this idea will change. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Kayla, do you want to break down a little bit more of Daniel's design? Like, what is he? What are some of his uh, centers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, before we dive into that, I kind of want to touch mm -hmm. on a couple of the things that you had said. Um, one of the things that, so astrology. Astrology is it's uh I feel like you're absolutely right it's it has become such a pop culture thing. Yeah. And I used to read people's astrology charts and I actually like pushed it away because I was like I don't like mm -hmm. I was always I was always very good at looking at a chart and telling people this is you and they'd be like whoa that's me. <laughs> and and but it was just never like I wasn't actually helping anybody with it. You know, it was yeah. like, it was like, here is a trope that you fall into. Mm -hmm. I can't give you any like strategy or any like actual knowledge that's going to help you. This is just who mm -hmm. you are, you know? And like that, it never really, I felt like it was never really helping anyone. Mm -hmm. And like, that's my problem with astrology is it doesn't actually give you tools to move forward. And I'm sure mm -hmm. anyone who's listening to this who is an astrologer or, ha or who has an astrologer, I 100% believe that if somebody is using any tool the right way, they can help anyone. 
no question. Um, but for mm-hmm. me, when I found human design, it it put more meaning to that concept. And the other thing that I wanted to ask you about was, so one of the science concepts that is involved in human design is quantum physics. And I'm curious if you know, like if quantum physics is something that you've really touched on. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm any expert in quantum, uh, but I, I would say I'd probably know a little bit more than the average person about quantum physics. Mm-hmm. I'd write the most famous example being Schrodinger's cat, right? Right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have some friends who could probably go on and on about quantum mechanics, yeah. but <laughs> I've probably been able to pick up on some things just from being around them, too. Uh, totally. Because yeah. I think what quantum physics does is it it's kind of the science that marries spirituality mm-hmm. with science. Because, you know, here we are looking at, you know, when you're looking at quantum mm-hmm. particles, they have trouble isolating a particle because the two scientists will be looking at the same particle and it will be in different mm-hmm. places or it will be moving at different rates. And so yeah. <laughs> when we look at that, we have so much power over the energy that we are emitting, over the energy that we are allowing ourselves to absorb, that it's it seems insane that so many of us choose, you know, it feels like we are choosing to be in a kind of like a, a self-sabotaging narrative. But how, when we don't have the tools to understand that, how could we, mm-hmm. you know, how could you choose something different if that's not what you've been taught to understand that that's yeah, one to that sit was, on I, yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> definitely went on a yeah. little <laughs> existential tangent yeah. that's where quantum physics <laughs> always takes me makes Oof. sense that's quantum you for you that, that yeah. makes my head dizzy <laughs> that's quantum that's <laughs> quantum that's for quantum. you <laughs> Um, Okay, but I would love Mm. to dive into your design a little bit if you are interested in hearing. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so the first thing that we always talk about, and this is the part of human design that will often fall into the category of tropes. Mm -hmm. When you read about human design, it will tell you, you are, insert blank here, type. There are only five types in human design. So when you are told you're a certain type... If you stop there, it can often feel extremely limiting. Mm -hmm. So I want to start by saying that and then tell you that you are a generator. Mm -hmm. I like using Karen Curry Parker's charts. She is someone who actually revamped the wording of human design in order to make it higher vibrational so that we are instead of... uh, Human design was originally created kind of as a troubleshoot Mm -hmm. when Ra created the whole... when he set the whole thing up. It was, this is how we can troubleshoot ourselves as humans. um, And this is how we can parent. So it was a lot about parenting, parenting the child that you have versus the the way you were parented. Where Karen Curry Parker saw this as a way to help other humans to step into their highest selves. And so that is what I use human design for. And that's what, you know, I have used it for clients who are parents as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I very much like to look at it from this more like positive perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. So when you look at on Karen's charts, if you look over at the side, the left side, it says type and it says their generator in parentheses, but it says alchemist. Mm -hmm. 
And so the way that I like to think about this and the reason she chose the word alchemist is because generators are the people who are here to create. You are here to create things in the world. You are here to become masters of the things that you do best and to create things for the general populace, for yourselves, for your tribe to be able to uh, enjoy, to thrive, to survive. So what that means is... In the context of the chart, it means that you have a defined sacral center. So Mm -hmm. on the podcast, we have talked about the sacral center before. So I will uh, briefly explain to you. If you look at this chart, that pink square Mm -hmm. that is in the center bottom, that is the sacral center. And that is connected to the sacral chakra, which is the center of creation, the center of uh reproduction. So this is where human reproduction lives. Um, And it's where creativity, the creation of things comes from. Mm -hmm. So in the context of human design, because in human design, what all of these centers tells us, if it is colored in, it tells us that this is an energy that you create and an energy that you emit out into the world, meaning that others can feel that energy coming off of you. And the ones that are white are places where you absorb energy from other people. And so each of these centers is focused on a different chakra or a different energy concept. So the sacral center, when one has a defined sacral center, that means that you create sustainable energy that you can use to create. So essentially, when you are doing something that feels good for you, you can just keep going. Do you do you feel like that occurs in your life? Do you ever get that like burning? Like, yeah, I can keep going. I could do this forever and ever. Yeah, if I'm enjoying something, I won't ever stop doing it. That's for sure. Yeah. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. What is that thing for you? What is it that gets you there? Yeah, I mean, it could be like one of the first things I felt like I thought of was like cooking. I've gotten really into cooking recently. Mm. I could spend, you know, I just spent like five hours one Sunday making handmade dumplings just because, I mean, it's a really long process, but, you know, it was enjoyable the entire time to do it. And I didn't make it for just myself either. I made it for everyone else who was coming over for that night to watch the newest episode of The Last of Us, of course. (laughs) Yes. 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 Yes, uh-huh. we've talked about that. I've <laughs> <laughs> Megan and I have talked a lot about her uh, apocalypse plan. She's, so. the <laughs> She's the most prepared. She's the most so prepared. I'm, I'm so prepared. <laughs> and... uh, undefined spleen, yeah. Megan. Undefined spleen. <laughs> undefined spleen for one, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes. But yes, yes. So I love mm. that. And I think that is one of the things. So for a generator especially because you're, and that this brings us right Mm -hmm. into your inner authority. So that's the one right below. Um, You have a sacral authority, which means that your sacral center is how you make your decisions. So what that means is that when you are doing that thing that feels really good, when you're doing the things that essentially give you that gut, hell yes, I want to keep going feeling, Mm -hmm. that's what you're here to be doing. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And what you may or may not have experienced before, and I'm curious if you have, is 
this this gut feeling when you are asked a yes or no question you often will have a gut reaction of hell yes or hell no i do not want to be involved in that is that something that you experience yeah yeah i would say i personally have thought of them more as knee-jerk reactions but yeah i guess yes. same yes. idea more or less there um I, I do, I'm very quick to, I guess, have a feeling on something. And sometimes I need to step back and go, oh, this is actually the what I want to be projecting out and telling other people, or is this just, I'm sure Megan can mm-hmm. affirm mm-hmm. that as well. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's also very <laughs> aligned for you with what we were talking about earlier with your connection, mm-hmm. mind to throat. There is a tendency to just blurt things out if you are not being conscious of mm-hmm. okay maybe it's not maybe this is not ready to land maybe i should wait a minute <laughs> yeah yeah that's fitting yeah so that defined sacral center when and so the thing that will get in your way essentially as a generator with this defined sacral center is when you don't listen to those gut feelings is that something you feel like you've experienced where you had a gut feeling and you tried to to do it anyway, or you really wanted to do something and you didn't do it? What was that experience like? Yeah, I guess whenever I do go against my gut feeling, I feel like I end up just, whatever that gut feeling was ends up coming true. I'm like, okay, of course, you know, like, yeah, I, I knew that was going to be that way <laughs> yes. the whole time, you know, like I was just trying this out. <laughs> um, but often too, I don't know if this is related, but often I feel like I'll also do something against my gut, knowing that it's going to be wrong, almost in order to fail and to prove my gut correct. Oh, wow. (laughs) You're doing my job for me, Daniel. Oh, there you go. Was that the next uh, question? <laughs> yes. I, you know, it could have been. Well I, that, is, yeah. that is a conversation that I have with so many clients mm-hmm. because it's so true. So often we don't even realize we have, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, that story, that narrative. We don't even realize that we're telling ourselves, you are a failure, you are a failure, you are a failure. And then in order to be right, about that mm-hmm. self-fulfilling prophecy. We get in our own way. And so having the awareness of something like that is, you know, we always say awareness is the first step. It's good. <laughs> um, but I think it's so true. Yeah. yeah. It's like having that awareness that sometimes you are literally going against yourself mm-hmm. in order to prove that that you can't do a thing. When deep down you actually know, I could have done mm-hmm. it. I could, I could do that thing. In fact, I, I kind of want to do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I think a, a little bit more of it can sometimes be just that, like proving to be wrong, knowing that it's wrong, and still doing it to make sure that I was right about it. <laughs> On occasion, yes. yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's very Mm -hmm. real. And I think that happens. uh, So you have a defined spleen, Mm -hmm. which will we can, you know what, let's hear it. Let's hear about the defined spleen. Let's Let's go. (laughs) You have a defined spleen. (laughs) Um, So the spleen is most akin to the solar plexus. 
there are two centers that kind of got split off mm. from the solar plexus, the emotions and the spleen. Because when we look at the kinds of things that live in each of these centers, the emotional center controls human emotions, happiness, sadness, uh, you know, um, what are other human emotions? Anger. Uh... Anger. Joy. Joy. Frustration. Joy. Yes, exactly. All of those mm-hmm. things. And the spleen controls the senses and the things that we might consider emotions that we experience through our senses, like pain, like pleasure. So like when someone is grieving, a lot of times that is painful mm-hmm. and that comes from the spleen rather than being a more human emotion. It's kind of a more primal emotion. Mm-hmm. So the spleen really controls our sense of survival. And so it's funny that you're talking about The Last of Us. I personally, I have not actually seen uh-huh. it, but I do know the, the premise. Um, and because Megan, with an undefined spleen, <laughs> is someone who is constantly preparing, uh-huh. constantly in preparation, wants to make sure that she is ready for everything because... Including a zombie apocalypse. Including especially. a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> especially. 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 Especially one, a Ooh. fungal one, because, you know. You know? Um, it's too real. <laughs> it, it is. Honestly, that's very real. You told me about it, oh and I was God. like, oh, There's geez. already fungus among um, us. <laughs> I had to throw in one pun. Come on. Yes. Love I'm it. so Love happy. It. That is Daniel in a nutshell. That is that is the Daniel that I work with every day. That is my favorite Daniel. That is I. My, and my least yep. favorite Daniel. And everyone's <laughs> favorite and least favorite simultaneously. Brilliant. Um, but so that undefined spleen is focused on preparation because there's a lot of absorbing of other people's fears of like the fear of the mm-hmm. world, the fear of the collective. Whereas with a defined spleen, you have an innate sense of when you are safe. Mm -hmm. And this is something I also have a defined spleen. And it's the kind of thing where like my partner has an undefined spleen. And when we go to a place together, he will default to me. Are we safe? And I will take that moment and be like, yeah, no, I don't like it here. Mm -hmm. Let's leave. And so with that defined spleen, you really do have an innate sense of what is safe and what is not safe. And so when you're talking about this idea of kind of testing theories with your body, using your body to test theories, it's because you have a deep, innate understanding of how far you can push the envelope. So you know you're not going to go too far. Whereas people with undefined spleens, I have often Mm -hmm. seen, especially like adventurous people with undefined spleens, will, you know, go whitewater rafting and break their leg without a second thought, you know, whereas... I, you know, someone with a defined spleen might be more likely to see that raft, step inside and say, you know what? I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this doesn't feel right. So, yeah, this doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah. So how does that feel in relation to what you were just talking in about? In terms of sense of safety, I could see that mm-hmm. being applicable. Um, I'm curious, though, what more does it mean to have a defined spleen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So having a defined spleen essentially is focused on the senses. So Mm -hmm. what that means is that you are, you have a heightened ability to feel things. This is touch. This is smell. This is a taste. Mm -hmm. Um, And for you, one of the gates that you have coming out of your spleen is gate 57, which is actually connected to hearing. 
So you might have a very heightened sense of hearing. And one of the ways that you might test your boundaries that you Mm -hmm. might figure out, am I safe, would be with listening. Do you find that sounds are something that are particularly meaningful to you? Yeah, I was I was curious. I saw that in my chart too, and I was wondering if it meant hearing in the sense of like um, actual physical auditory. How good is my hearing, or am I a good listener more so? Yes, yeah, that, it was about. It's more hearing. about the actually hearing. Um, I don't. Yeah, I feel like I have an average sense of hearing. I don't. I can't say there's anything <laughs> special about it, one way or another. Do you do you guys remember when we were like in elementary school and they would do um, mm-hmm. tests like the eye, t- eye tests, hearing tests, mm-hmm. and you had to do like the? Yeah. I haven't taken one of those in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I've been wanting to because I'm like, how good is my yeah. hearing? And I wonder, you know, Daniel, if you were to take that yeah. test, if your hearing would be better than the average human, and maybe you just don't know it yet because you haven't uh-huh. taken one of those average physical test yeah it might be i feel like i did one of those too in a a long time ago but i think so much of that is based off of age as well to some degree yeah and i remember the people i was around were like my parents who have terrible hearing so it didn't yeah to them i I was (laughs) i could hear so well you know of course of course Um, sure (laughs) of course yeah okay hearing yeah yeah i this, I guess, goes back to me needing to understand things and know why, even for the most mundane. But a um, skill that I found that I had as a child was being able to wiggle my ears without my hands. Let's see if I can do it now, too. Yes! Hey! <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing it. Wow, you can, you can alternate, yeah. too. That's pretty and cool. And apparently that is a evolutionary trait that extends back to when we would need to listen in the jungles or whatever out in the the wilderness and being able to echolocate exactly where things are coming from. So maybe it all does come around <laughs> to hearing. So there you go. There you go. That's there pretty you cool. Go. That's, that's, that's pretty nifty. Yeah. You you and your knowing yeah, thing. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there we go. I, I do have a good sense of hearing. Yeah. Sure. There you go. You absolutely do. You can you can hear directionally. Yeah. Yeah. And so having that Mm -hmm. gate, and this is something that I let me know if you've ever had this experience. But I have known people, especially more spiritually Mm -hmm. oriented people, who have who will like hear things come to them. So like when they are having a moment of like, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. They will literally hear a voice saying, nope, you should do this, 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 Mm -hmm. this. And that that kind of connection. So I'd be, I'd wonder because Mm -hmm. this is a connection directly to the sacral center, which is, and it's a connection to the gate of power. So here you have this deep intuition connected to sound connected to the gate of power so now this is sound and power coming together Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's the kind of thing where perhaps it's not so much about like your actual hearing Mm -hmm. so much as uh almost like a like this is where if you were to find one your metaphysical connection would come in what how does that feel? So my metaphysical <laughs> connection will come through hearing. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. It's yeah. I I'd be very I I'm interested in how you experience music. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um. 
I guess I, I would need some more tools of how to describe hearing music. Like when you listen to a song, what do you hear when you're listening to that song? Yeah. What kind of music do you enjoy? Um, I feel like I tend to enjoy a little bit more lo-fi music, but I also enjoy like classic rock and jazz music, things that have a lot of instruments at once, things that are usually best live, I would say too. Um, yes. I tend to stray away from like electronic music as I more so enjoy the actual like sound of an instrument being played, maybe that comes to it. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah i also wonder if electronic music is just overstimulating with uh -huh. this you know heightened sense of hearing being because it sounds like mm -hmm. if you like having so many different instruments being able to hear all of them. all of those instruments mm -hmm. at the same time that's are you able to hear all the instruments like if you were to listen to a large orchestra and maybe something? not like be able to pick out each individual one i'm also not as musically trained as that but i would definitely i i think i've learned to appreciate music that is coming from multiple sounds that together make this greater mm -hmm. song or music you know yeah i feel like that's a a skill that not a lot of people sort of acquire and it's it mm -hmm. could be something that you are you know innately good at um to be able to listen to like a classic classical music piece or a, a mm -hmm. heavily instrumental jazz piece and sit there and go i hear everything i hear the the pieces i hear the parts um and you can appreciate the the harmony of it all yeah you know that's not something that everybody can do i don't know why it's great because <laughs> uh, well yeah, it could be in your design go. man and you yeah and now you're now design. you know why now you have a, now an understand. answer wow now you understand <laughs> i you know i think one of the things that i that is so interesting to mm -hmm. me when i do you know a reading like this where i'm talking to someone who's never experienced something like this before mm -hmm. or human design or is how many people think that what they are experiencing is what everybody else is experiencing. Yeah. Because like, for instance, having that gut feeling, having that knee jerk reaction, mm -hmm. the fact that you get to feel that and that you get to experience that kind of reaction to something when you either love it or don't love it, mm -hmm. that's unique. It's something, I think it's like maybe 25% of the population that has sacral maybe even mm -hmm. less, that has what you have, the sacral authority. And while 70% of the population have defined sacral centers, so are able to, you know, are able to move and accomplish and do things in a sustainable way, the way that you can, half of those people have what we call emotional authorities, like mm -hmm. Megan and like myself. I actually don't have a defined sacral center. So I okay. have to monitor my energy levels in a totally <laughs> different way. <laughs> so when you look at someone who has like an emotional authority, that person needs a lot more time to make a decision because they need to put all of their decisions through an emotional processing. Mm -hmm. They need at least a day usually to make decisions, sometimes much longer. And it's the kind of thing where it can it can be a it can be a detriment when you are in a meeting and someone asks you a question and you have to say, I'm going to get back to you mm -hmm. on that. Or 
answer it in a way that is just not what you wanted to answer. So the fact that you are able to feel that knee-jerk reaction and to have that inner knowing that tells you, nope, we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. That's very unique. And not everybody gets to have that immediate gut response. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I think I've always kind of, as I'm sure most people do when they're growing up, kind of just assume that everyone else is like them and to place that type of thought in terms of like, well, if I'm thinking this, well, I must be what my peers are thinking too, or, and so on. Uh, And that was definitely a lesson I had to learn growing up too, that not everyone did think like me and that that isn't a foolproof way to get things done. It, It got me far to some degree, but it only will take you so far too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think that's a nice thing about human design is sorry, you get Mm -hmm. to understand your individuality a little bit better and how, how your individuality shows up. um, So that Mm -hmm. you can say, oh yeah, this is just how I function. And you know, this is how I can address that in, in the, in the grand scheme Mm -hmm. of things. Right. Um, and it gives you a little bit more pride in like how you, how you move through the world. At least it does for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I like my design. I go, ah, this makes sense. Ooh. And I feel mm-hmm. comfy here and it's, I can, you know, embrace the, the emotionals authority or the sacral authority that mm-hmm. I have. Cause I have, I have a defined sacral center. I think that's a. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You do. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> you are a manifesting generator. Yes. Yeah. So what we've been talking mm-hmm. about right now, these are your defined centers. So essentially, these are the centers where you create energy and other people around you can feel mm-hmm. that energy coming off of you. So for instance, Megan has an undefined spleen. So when you guys are in the same room, she can probably feel that energy coming off of you. And in that same way, if you are living in a high vibration mm-hmm. of that energy, so if you are feeling safe, if you are feeling like you have the ability to you know, be a sovereign in your own survival instincts. If you feel that, you know, you, you have a handle on Mm -hmm. that and you feel safe within it, then she's probably going to absorb a feeling of safety, a feeling of, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, we can, we can go and we can conquer things together. If you are living in a lower vibration of that, which would be understanding what is safe, and being afraid that you can't accomplish it, being afraid that you don't know what is how to survive. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ways that, you know, even if we, especially sometimes when we know what safety is, we can kind of go the exact opposite direction. So, well, I know what that looks like, and this can't be what that looks like, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're living in that lower vibration, she would also feel that coming off of you. And this is where you know, like if you come in contact with someone who's dealing with a lot of pain, either emotional Mm -hmm. or physical, a lot of times it lives in that spleen. And so Megan is someone who Uh regularly feels the pain of the people (laughs) around her. Um, So So I'm curious, then. I like the idea of understanding the defined versus the undefined idea of putting out energy. I can get on with that, too. Um, What would that then mean if, let's say, Megan had a more defined spleen or something to that effect, it would be harder for her to pick up on someone else's defined characteristics there because you're almost overriding that energy? Yes. Yes. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. 
Um, and I think also it's kind of like when, when like meets like, you know? So if two people walk into mm -hmm. the room who both have defined sacral centers, for instance, and they both have their own ability to keep going and do the things that they want to do, then they can stand next to each other and move together. Mm -hmm. And if they're on the same page, great. But if one of those people had an undefined sacral center, then instead of being in their own space, they would be sharing the sacral space of the other person, which can make it much easier to jump on board and get on board with the same projects. So it really depends what kinds of things you're trying to accomplish, what kinds of designs work best together. For instance, you two working together and having your own sets mm -hmm. of things that you do and okay i'm going to go over here and do this and i'm going to go over here and do this you both create the energy to be able to do those things so that is totally fine for you to do whereas megan and i working mm -hmm. together because i have an undefined sacral <laughs> so for me when i am with someone who has a defined sacral i pop in i'm present i'm able to use mm -hmm. the sacral energy that's in the room and i'm absorbing it and so when i'm in the room with megan I feel so productive. We do all sorts of things. <laughs> I like, I, she is my VA mm -hmm. as well. And we have yep. started, uh, like, I'll just, I'll be like, can you just, can we just like take our VA meeting to get this thing done? Because when she's not there, mm -hmm. it's a lot harder for me to figure out how to create the energy for something when I don't have that sustainable energy. So it's exactly mm -hmm. that. Like the energy that we create can serve us. But it also, uh, it, it just depends on how it's being used and who you're using it yeah. with. So in that vein, I'm curious to hear more about than some of my undefined centers and what is the energy I should yes. be seeking out? <laughs> yes, that was exactly yeah. where I wanted to go next. So um, just a, a bit of an overview about what an undefined center is. Undefined centers are places where you absorb energy from other people and then amplify it and reflect it back mm -hmm. to them. So in the example of the sacral center, like we were talking about, when I am in the room with Megan, I absorb her beautiful sacral energy, which <laughs> she is, when she's in that space and we're working together, she's in a high vibrational place. She feels good about being there. I absorb that high vibrational energy and then I amplify it and reflect it back. Meaning I make it even bigger. And I almost feel like I have more energy than she does a lot of times when we are in in session together and working together. And then I reflect it back. I say things to her. I tell her things that are going through my head. We have big inspirational discussions. Mm -hmm. If it was a lower vibration, it might look more like an argument. It might look more like disdain or resentment, <laughs> but that's mm, not our yeah. relationship. So... That's um, true. Yeah. So for you, <laughs> uh, the one of the uh, undefined centers that I'm, I'm noticing, you have undefined and totally open, is that one right mm -hmm. in the center. So it is called your self-center. And your self-center is most closely related to the heart chakra. Um, and it is where love and belonging come from. So essentially what that means is that you are someone who is a vessel for love. You absorb the love from the people around you, and you also absorb the concept of belonging from the people around you and reflect it back to them. So what that can mean for you, and I'm wondering mm -hmm. if this is something that came up for you, especially as a kid, is that you can kind of mirror the people around you and then might often feel like you don't fit in 
because you can't possibly live up to what everybody else is doing. Is that something you experience? Yeah, I guess the first part a little bit more so in terms of mirroring what people were doing. I found myself many different types of friend groups growing up and always being able to get along through picking up on, I guess, the energy that they're putting down. Um, the second part of not being able to match it and then not feeling a sense of belonging, I, I guess it would... Yeah, I guess that must have happened too in terms of my own, uh, the people who I no longer hang out with, you know, <laughs> like those being with yes. me realizing very quickly and so on that, no, oh, this isn't going to work. And maybe that is some of that gut instinct as well, you know? Good on you um, for walking away. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never wanted to hang around people who I don't get along with or who I have to be someone else around for too long too much of let's just all yeah be our own weird selves together and enjoy that yes yeah. oh that's such an aligned undefined yeah. self thing <laughs> to say i because what exactly what you're saying there is this mirroring so with an undefined self center you're absorbing what you essentially have a deep understanding because you can actually feel it coming off of other people. You have a deep understanding of what other people need to feel love, what other people need to feel like they belong. And being able to feel that can give you the ability to help people to feel loved or to help people to feel like they belong if you are listening to it in that way. And it sounds like that's something that you that you do follow, that you feel that. Is that something you feel like you've experienced in friend groups where you actually feel like you belong and you want to be yeah, there? Yeah, to steal Alex's, Alex's, we went over this before, Alex line, get out of my soul, Kayla. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. This is... <laughs> Very true. Damn, yeah. Kayla, two for two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So with... All of mm -hmm. this new information on human design, because we're kind of coming up on time in a little bit. How how do you now feel about the whole system and how it works and getting to know yourself a little bit more through this, uh, this through this process? Yeah, I like the tools that it seems that it's giving you and more of more of the understanding of why this is the way it is and how it relates to not only what you're putting out, but what other people are putting out. I think maybe what I enjoy about this much more than like astrology is like the best you're going to get with one of those is like, you're a Leo, which means you like these other signs too. And like, that's it. That's like, <laughs> sure. Uh, whereas this, mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like you can even take the, uh, almost the context. I, I don't, it's hard to say exactly, but you can, it's, it's more so understanding why people are doing the things that they're doing and how understanding yourself and how that's going to work with each other. Um, it is weird that, that this is eerily similar to myself just through knowing when I was born and where though, <laughs> that is the, that's the part that is just like, okay. <laughs> like if someone else was born in New York at the same day that I was too, they're not going to be the same first time nurture versus nature so no what are we exactly exactly yeah. I, I the nature versus nurture mm -hmm. conversation is 
is one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts of all of this because this is the design that you were born with and the design it, human design is actually based on two different times mm-hmm. so it's your birth time um which is the conscious side that's the the black mm-hmm. side of numbers up there and then the red numbers are what we call your unconscious gates and those are actually based on three months before you were born which is spiritually supposed to be the day that your soul entered your body Mm. so when we're looking at all of these things yes it is very specific but Uh those unconscious gates especially are things that uh, are very they can be very uh, prone to conditioning so if, for instance, like you, you have that, that channel that we've talked about a couple of times mm-hmm. now, it's actually called the channel of structuring. Um, and it's the one where you blurt things out, mm-hmm. where you have to you know, pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth. Um, if you had grown up in a household where you were constantly being told, stop talking, you're not mm-hmm. important, you don't, you know, your your thoughts are unimportant, you don't get to speak, then you're going to get more and more afraid of your own voice. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're raised in a household where you are encouraged to speak and are then given feedback based on what happens when you speak, then you learn what your limits are. Then you learn mm-hmm. when people hear you properly. Then, So a lot of these things, and sometimes parents don't even, and this is why human design is so great for parenting, mm-hmm. because sometimes parents don't even know what ch- what child is going to experience what. Mm-hmm. Because another child who has an undefined throat, the same parent saying like, like no, 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 don't, don't speak now, don't speak now, don't speak now, could be encouraging them to listen to silence. Mm-hmm to understand that their voice will be heard when it's time. With a defined throat, you need to speak. You need to get things out. And so if someone mm-hmm. had told you, no, quiet, 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 that's going to put you in a different place. And this is nature versus nurture than mm-hmm. somebody else with that same channel. So there are so many little facets. And then yeah. you put on top of that, your undefined centers absorbing stuff from your parents, mm-hmm. from your siblings, and that stuff can turn into conditioning. And this is why we go in and try to clear yeah. out our undefined centers. So yes, I having the same design as somebody mm-hmm. can feel like they're the same person, but nature versus yeah. nature. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I remember having that conversation with you. Is like, how yeah. can somebody uh-huh. born at the same time as me in the same place be the yeah. same person? Yeah. It's like, you're not the same person. There are uh-huh. facets to it. And Michaela explains it. Yeah. Megan was just like, it's <laughs> different than that. I just sit I was and like, okay, it's sure. It's not that. It's different. <laughs> no, but I think that, Kayla, you break this down in a really like easy to understand way that is being true to what it's trying to do and not getting caught up in the why exactly it is what it is. And more so the energy yeah. that you're putting out of this, too. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. That's why that. Kayla's the professional. Very professional. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's and that's all that I want to do. I just I want to be able to help you to use human design mm-hmm. in a way that's going to benefit you, in a way that's going to be great for you. And I think a lot of times online you'll see someone say something about uh, like the human design experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love using that terminology and I, my human design coach, one who introduced me to human design and a lot of other coaches that I've followed use this 
concept because it really is. It's an experiment. It's an opportunity for you to say, okay, this is one idea. Let's try it Mm -hmm. and let's see what happens. Because like as a generator for you to, a generator strategy goes right along with that gut feeling. The strategy Mm -hmm. is wait to respond. So instead of reaching out and grasping at things, like trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, apply for a job that nobody has actually said something to you about, waiting for something to come to you so that you can get that knee jerk Mm -hmm. reaction so that you can respond to it is very aligned for you. And so when we take things like that, when we take these little actionable things and just try it out, it's an experiment. Mm-hmm. It is full on an experiment. And if it doesn't work for you, totally fine. I have, that is, I'm not going to get upset yeah. at someone for <laughs> human design uh-huh. not working yeah. for them, you know? So Daniel, will you be participating in the human design experiment? I'm curious to to learn a little bit more about this, Stella. Some of my more undefined centers and some of the other ones too. I will be bringing this into work now. Yeah, do I'm ready. Right? Like we're gonna have we're gonna I'm have ready more for conversations. It. I'm ready. About this. <laughs> it, it'll make work uh, make a little more sense, maybe, of, of why we work yeah. so well too. Um, yeah. But also, it seems a little daunting to look at too. This chart. There's a lot of information. It's not very clear what it means yet, or what any. So having you here, Kayla, to kind of walk through it is definitely helpful yeah. too. Good. Yeah, that's one of the things about human design that is difficult is that there's so much Mm -hmm. like there's so much because it's not it's not just defined and undefined it's not just there there are 64 gates Mm -hmm. and then each of those gates shows up in a different way that's like when you look where it says Mm 4.2 the two is a line that tells you how that gate shows up for you and there are six different lines and So there are just a thousand Uh things that go into something like this. Um, And so having someone like me to walk you through it can be super, super helpful. Um, If you want to dive in without a guide, my my advice is always to just start with the centers, with your defined versus undefined centers, Mm -hmm. um, and to kind of learn what each of those centers signifies, because that's something you can usually find online. And if you can create a conceptual understanding Mm -hmm. of absorbing versus emitting energy, then that can begin to help you understand the ways that that shows up for you. So, um, but yeah, what we just Mm -hmm. did here was very similar to an individual introductory human design reading. And if anybody who's listening would like to have this happen for you, I would love to dive in with you. So you can contact us, you can contact me, whatever works for you. And then next we would continue the conversation. I usually do two sessions together so that we can take some time between and kind of look at, okay, what did we learn and how did we apply it? And what do we need to know now? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so that's, this was kind of an example of what that might look like. Um, And thank you for being present with us. Yeah. I really appreciate it. No, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining and and letting me corral you into doing this. <laughs> That's just part of your uh, undefined center, the defined center, my undefined. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was Megan's uh-huh. throat motor coming in and saying, speaking things into existence. There you go. She has a motor yes. to her throat, so she can speak things into existence. What I what I say goes. This is why I'm uh, such yes. an effective boss. There you go. <laughs> And then I let my gut roll the rest of the way. 
There you go. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes. You are allowed to say no if the thing that Megan tells you to do. Oh, don't worry. I, <laughs> I, I, don't I say encourage no him. <laughs> don't encourage him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, Love no. it. Love it. Great. If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's K-A-Y-L-A-C-A-R-E.com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human Human design design in real time.